0: Welcome to the MJ Sports Podcast. I'm Mark, and I'm joined by Jonas, and this is your week of sports in review. Sports! 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 Woo! So, Jonas, we just finished up our first week of uh, NFL games. What are some of your early impressions?
1: Well, I would say uh, the first thing that sticks out to me is the freaking Chiefs. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he just made bank uh, that, that 500 mil over the the summer, over the offseason. So obviously everyone's expecting him to play good. I don't think anyone expects him to not play good. But uh, I mean, the Chiefs look just as dominant as they were last year. And uh, I guess the other thing would be Aaron Rodgers returning to form. I mean, that's that must be nice for uh for you, you're a Packers fan, so I'm sure you're enjoying that.
0: Yeah, I gotta say, it's good to uh, have that bad, bad man back. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you there. Uh, you know, I think everybody expected the Chiefs to be good. I mean, they, they returned, you know, pretty much all of their starters. Um, this is a team that just looks like they picked up exactly where they left off last year and you know that that's bad news for the rest of the NFL because Patrick Mahomes has been paid. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire um, looks like he's a real solid addition uh, to their offense as well. Um, yeah,
1: Damien Williams is uh, is crying to himself like, "Why why did I opt out?" Right, right. <laughs> it's it's
0: just amazing that they've been able to keep everybody. Um, with how close they are up to the to the cap, but you know, they're they've got some uh some magic over there in uh keeping this team together. And I also think, you know, Andy Reed is is one of the top coaches in the league. Um that's pretty clear. Uh unlike his uh his face visor that he was wearing I know game. his
1: freaking mask or whatever it was.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I did see that he said he wasn't gonna go that route again and <laughs> I noticed that I don't think I saw another NFL coach wear one of those visors. So um, I think it's gonna be typical masks for everyone for the rest of this season.
1: Yeah. I mean I don't even know if the visor would be accomplishing anyway, but but yeah. yeah. Was so funny. Yeah. And then I I guess the other thing the the Texans, I can tell if the Chiefs I mean obviously the Chiefs are good but the texans just kind of look like they're garbage like i mean i know you're thinking having De- uh, david johnson as your running back you know maybe he's able to provide some relief for that offense but obviously not having hopkins uh, anymore is uh, is going to kill deshaun watson but yeah
0: i got to say that uh that bill o'brien I I am not high on him as a head coach or a GM, and and you know what he might be, he might be a better coach if he wasn't wasn't also the GM. You know we see that sometimes this doesn't work out when these teams, um, you know, try to hire somewhat the same person for both roles. Uh, obviously, the biggest failure uh, in that type of situation is Chip Kelly uh, from a few years ago when he. Kind of started clearing house for all the Oregon players uh, when he was yeah. in play, um, and that was just that was just an absolute mess. And then you've got, but I mean, you've got situations where it works, like with Bill Belichick. So I think it really just depends on the coach. But um, you know, it just seems like that that doesn't always work out too well. And I got to tell you that replacing DeAndre Hopkins with Randall Cobb. Especially with my years of watching Randall Cobb in Green Bay, that's that's not even close to a uh, yeah a valid comparison when it comes to production value. So, and Hopkins had had a nice game in, uh with Arizona. So
1: yeah, talk about uh, one of the several upsets, I guess you could say, from from this past week. Uh, The freaking I I thought the Cardinals would be good, but I didn't think they would be able to quite pull off uh, beating the 49ers this, you know, considering it's the first week of the season. But I guess maybe you could argue that, you know, no preseason and, you know, no real game time situations for the 49ers might have hurt them uh, this week. But I don't know. That was kind of a shocking uh, end to me.
0: Yeah no no I agree. Um there there's a couple it was interesting to see. I wasn't exactly sure what what to expect. Um obviously some teams who have some more veteran players um you know you, we all knew that they would probably be fine without the preseason but some of these up and coming teams you know that are younger um you know there's no way to know how they're going to they're going to be prepared enough for this regular season. I I think the team that looked the most unprepared to me personally was the Browns um, in week one against the Ravens. I mean, that just – that was not a good game for them. It it looked like nothing changed from when they had Freddie Kitchens.
1: Uh, It looked like a Browns team that we all remember. And, I mean, it's interesting because the Browns last year were the the team – the last team in the regular season to beat the Ravens, I think it was like week four or something like that. And then obviously they got destroyed the second time they played them. But I mean, I, I was a little bit shocked that they didn't at least score more than six considering they're supposed to have a good offense. Uh, but it's kind of, I, I think this week we kind of, or I guess uh, th- the Thursday night game between the Browns and the Bengals, you got to see a little bit, Bit better offense by the Browns, but obviously they're playing the Bengals, so it's still kind of hard to know where they're going to fall. I mean, I would guess probably in between the two performances, considering the Bengals have a garbage defense and the Ravens have a great defense. But yeah,
0: well, well, and, and going back to that Thursday night game, you know, I think the real headline there, and sure, Baker played Baker played a good game on Thursday. Um, you know, I think he was out to prove. Uh, some of the haters wrong because he took a lot of heat for his week one performance, um, but Joe Joe Burrow uh, threw the ball over sixty times, and with no preseason, which is something I would never expect. I mean, I know we're in a day where quarterbacks are throwing the ball a lot, but for a rookie who had no preseason warm up games. Uh, had a had a limited off season. I mean, it's. I mean, you know, their running game couldn't get it, get it going, but still, sixty times. I mean, the Bengals are just they're gonna they're gonna lean on Joe Burrow all year. And clearly, this isn't a team that's ready to contend, especially in that division where you have to go through that gauntlet of a Steelers defense, and then you have to put up with the Ravens. With their offense and defense, I mean they're they're still a couple years away, in my opinion. But I mean, so far, Joe Burrow with no prison so far. I mean, I've been I've been impressed with his performances. Um, I don't know how you feel.
1: Yeah, no, I've been the. Uh, I mean, week one against the Chargers, they were a Randy Bullock's cramp away <laughs> from going to overtime, and then obviously, I mean one one of the touchdowns against the Browns was just garbage time, and, you know, that kind of added on some more, uh, you know, passing attempts, but yeah, at least he got some yards and a touchdown out of that, but I do think he's, I mean, he's been, like, what, the the best quarterback draft prospects in uh, the last 10 years, probably, I guess you could say. I mean, certainly, certainly better than, a better prospect than Mayfield or Murray the last couple years, so... Yeah, I think he's got a good career, and obviously they ha- kind of have to lean on him because their offensive line is so bad. They can't get Joe Mixon going ever because of that, and it's just kind of like a, a chain chain effect. I think as far as that goes, they definitely need to draft some offensive linemen next year.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, a lot of teams that are going through rebuilding processes seem to always try to draft that franchise quarterback first. And, you know, if if you've got a guy with the talent and the hype of Joe Burrow, you know, obviously you've got to take him. Um, but, you know, I think in the past we've seen that when teams, you know, build up those other parts of their offense first, so maybe you bring in – do something like what the Dolphins have done and bring in a veteran quarterback like Ryan Fitzpatrick who can run the offense. You know, he's a veteran. He's played all around the league but then you know start to build up some of those other weapons around him cuz you know obviously when you think of the dolphins you know Ryan Fitzpatrick he's not their future <laughs> he'll he'll be right. retiring, he'll be retiring in the next few years so um, but you know you start to build that o lineup because you know if you send a rookie quarterback out there and we we've seen it happen time and time again where there's an absolutely horrible offensive line. You put a rookie out there and they just have no chance because one, these players are all bigger, faster, and stronger than anyone they played in college. So, you know, some of those plays they might've been able to make in college running out of the pocket, you know, they're just not able to, they don't have that quickness and, you know, you don't really get to um, build up your skill with that until you start facing them. So when you don't have receivers to throw to, when you don't have an offensive line, it really hurts, um, you know, and and so I think Joe Burrow's going to be fine. You know, I, I do think that Joe Mixon's a good running back. I just think they've got to do whatever they can to improve that line. I mean, that, that offensive line is just horrible, and it, it hurts Joe Mixon too because if you can get that line going, then you can get Joe Mixon going. And that'll just open up all the opportunity for Joe Burrow and the whiteouts wide uh, in the future. So I think that's something that we're going to see the Bengals try to build on in the coming years. But it's it's definitely – they've started their rebuild, but it's, they're not quite close enough to being ready to
1: compete no. yet. But uh, speaking of rebuilds and – quarterbacks that can actually win how about uh gardner Minshew? that that minshu mania coming back for year number two i i
0: gotta say i don't think anyone expected them to win that game and you know gardner Minshew for where he was drafted last year i mean there's no expectation that he was going to be the starter down there you know nick Foles gets hurt and that opens up all the opportunity for him and you know he had a nice season last year but with the Jaguars seemingly trying to get rid of every decent piece of talent they have, I mean, no, no one expected their offense to be able to do anything. I mean, you lose Leonard Fournette, who is the biggest weapon on that offense. I mean, you know, last year he had a great year. And and they don't even trade him. They just cut him. I mean, I I heard that there weren't a whole lot of, you know, offers or anything like that out for him but I just don't see the reason to press it and and let him go I mean that team is already going to have a hard time with their defense um after they let Jalen Ramsey go so I mean I'm interested to see where this team can go because I mean I, I like Gardner Minshew he's got a lot of personality he's a real fun character down there and um you know, he he's probably out there trying to prove, because if they tank, you know, they, everybody's saying they're going to try to tank to get Trevor Lawrence. Um, but I think Minshew's out there to prove that he can be a franchise quarterback for them. So I'm real excited to see what he
1: can do. And, I mean, he, he's, he's almost been like a, a better Baker Mayfield at this point. Like, yeah, yeah, he's definitely got, they both definitely got the
0: same personality.
1: That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. So,
0: and I'm interested to see where, I'm also interested to see where, you know, some of those, how their wide receiver position plays out. Cause it seems like Jacksonville, you know, they have a receiver who kind of comes out of nowhere, has a good year. That receiver leaves and gets signed to a big contract. You know, we saw it with Allen Robinson, which, you know, now Allen Robinson wants out of Chicago and,
1: Personally, I don't blame him. Um, Well, when you have Mitch (laughs) thrown to you, it's kind of uh, inevitable. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I'm
0: interested to see where Chart goes this year to see if he can keep it up because last year he put together a really impressive season. So I'm just interested to see if he's really the real deal at wide out or if he kind of had one of those fluke seasons.
1: I mean, he had a pretty decent first game, and then he had like 40 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, so not too bad of a first game. I did see because I was saying about picking him up on the uh, the waiver wire. There was uh, some guy named Chenault Jr. that caught a touchdown, like thirty yards and touchdown for Jacksonville. Never heard of him in my life, <laughs> <laughs>
0: but that's that's how those uh, that's how Jacksonville does their wide receiver group. It's just a bunch of nobodies that that end up uh, you know performing well. So, I got to say, another big surprise for me from week one was the Washington football team pulling out a win against the Eagles.
1: The football team. I I mean, it's about time they got a a
0: win. Yeah, well, and I think this just shows how vulnerable the Eagles are because their offensive line – I mean, poor Carson Wentz back
1: there just didn't have a chance to do anything because – that offensive line is just horrible. My only thing is, like, I don't know how they got up 17 points, you know, 17-0, to zero, and then they, they lost. Like, I get, like, you know, kind of saying their offensive line, which obviously their offensive line is going to struggle this year based off that week one performance. But I don't see how you're up 17-0 to zero against Washington and then you give up 27 straight points and can't score, like, that was just wild to me, just kind of watching the game progress.
0: I agree, and I think a lot of credit's also got to be given to Ron Rivera. I mean, Ron Rivera's a great coach, and, um, you know, I think he's going to – he was a real good hire by the Washington football team. Um, I was honestly shocked uh, when the Panthers let him go um, because he's just – he's one of those, you know – He's one of the top coaches in the league in my opinion. It's just he's had some unfortunate luck um with the Panthers over the last couple of years with some of Cam's injuries and their division as a whole. So
1: Well they might be kicking themselves this year though, after letting you know, firing Ron Rivera and then getting rid of Cam Newton. I mean there's yeah. a good chase there there's a chase at Washington has a better record than Carolina and and I'd pretty much say it's a surefire you know guarantee that the Patriots will have a better record than Carolina oh absolutely
0: I mean honestly I mean I thought Cam was a great pickup um, but you know Bill Belichick it didn't matter who was going to be quarterback they're still gonna be a competitive football team and i mean you've got to think too i mean i think i think they had eight or nine players opt out for this season which is by far the most of any team and these weren't just like
1: scrubs like they were all they're good defensive players exactly
0: they're they're all starting caliber players so if bill belichick and granted i know that their division is not great but i mean they're still going to be close in football games and belichick his teams just seem to you know win win the smaller battles you know they do everything right on special teams so if you're not prepared on special teams they're going to find a way to force a turnover i mean you just don't see them make some of these mistakes that other teams make and if you can keep the game close i mean that's all you've got to ask for because all it takes is the other team to met you know one little mistake and belichick's uh you know, he's going to make you pay. And you got to think, too, Belichick's probably a little excited to have, I mean, Cam Newton's a very different quarterback than Tom Brady.
1: Yeah, for sure. So
0: I'm interested to see how Belichick's able to use uh, Cam's legs going forth. I mean, obviously we saw it a lot in week one with Cam with two rushing touchdowns. So I think that's going to be the thing a lot of teams have to look out for is, you know, a lot of, a lot of Newton running it's just the real question there is going to be if he can stay healthy and I'm sure I'm sure Belichick's telling him all the time that he needs to slide
1: yeah personally I think it would have been more entertaining if Jarrett Stidham would have been the starter just as far as like the the Bill Belichick versus Tom Brady you know argument or competition or whatever it is uh, seems to be because I mean, there's a difference between like having Cam Newton and going like ten and six or nine and seven, and then having Jarrett Stidham and go like nine and seven. As far as pure entertainment, I think it would have been more entertaining to see Jarrett Stidham. But I guess I'm happy for Cam Newton in a way. Yeah. No. I mean,
0: this is this is a good Cam. Really needed a change of scenery, so. And he ended up in one of the best possible spots. Um, you know, I, I saw that, you know, the Bears expressed interest, but the Bears weren't going to promise him a starting job. And that's that's all Cam wanted. That's why he signed for so low. Is he's banking on himself, you know, going out there, being able to stay healthy for a full year, show, show the league that he's still got it. And what better team to do that with than with one of the greatest dynasties of the NFL, yeah. So um I'm I'm interested to see, you know, if he can stay healthy all year, I mean you still gotta watch out for New England. A lot of people are sleeping on him, but you know, it seems like Belichick pulls out good players, you know, from the Walmart parking lot. Yeah, pretty much but I think I think we should kind of switch gears and stop talking about the past and look towards the future. So
1: okay, the future.
0: and by that let's let's go to week two, you know. We've got week two of football and you know plenty and plenty of matchups here. Um, is there anything on paper, any games in particular that you're excited to see?
1: Well, for one, the Cowboys and the Falcons mostly cuz, you know, I'm I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm I'm one of those people, I guess you could say. But uh I mean, after uh, you know, losing to the Rams by 3 points, you know, it's kind of a depressing depressing game. I'm hoping that we can can pull it out against the Falcons. I think we should be able to. But I don't know, I that that decision to go for it on fourth down whenever we could have kicked a field goal and tied it last week, you know, a little bit strange to me, but I get being aggressive. I get not being, you know, the good old clapper and conservative Jason Garrett, but I don't know. I I think at least for this game, I'm going to say we win like 27 to 24, something like that, but.
0: Okay. I mean, I, I can see that. It's going to be – you know, I don't think you guys have a whole lot to worry about with the Falcons' defense, but, you know, that offense has got some good weapons with Todd Gurley and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. So it'll just – you know, I'm I'm interested to see that game as well. I think that's going to end up being a high-scoring game.
1: Yes. Yeah. Hope, I hope so for uh, for fantasy reasons. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, I'm I'm excited, of course, to see my Packers play the Lions. Uh, I don't think it's going to be close. <laughs> no. I mean, the Lions yeah. are
1: going to be winning going into the fourth quarter. Well, and that'll be that'll be another, you know, typical game for the Lions where they blow a fourth quarter lead. And... I hope so. I hope you, you know. guys win on a hail mary to Jeff Janis.
0: <laughs> well, Jeff Jeff Janis has been long gone. <laughs> <laughs> But the game I think I'm actually the most excited for is the Sunday night game between New England and Seattle. So I do think Seattle's going to win this game, but I'm more interested to see. This is, this is a real test for this Patriots team. I think this is going to show a lot of, you know, how good are they really? Because, I mean, they beat they beat Miami this last week. So... This is, this is I mean, Seattle's Seattle's one of the top teams in the league this year, I think. I mean, Russell Wilson just went off. So, yeah. Yeah. and I mean, you know, they've got, they've improved their defense. It's not the Legion of Boom uh, by any means, but, you know, they did bring in Jamal Adams this offseason. So, I, I think that's going to be a pretty exciting game to watch. And you're definitely going to have a lot of, uh, you know, pretty, pretty, Interesting coaching matchup there between Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll, two of the most experienced coaches in the league.
1: Yeah. Rematches so. of the Super Bowl like five years ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're. I don't think Seattle's going to pass it this time.
1: But. Well, to be honest, I don't think uh, i I don't think they're going to really have to make that choice because I think this game's like looks good on paper. But I think Seattle is going to win by, like, two touchdowns. <clears throat> I think it's going to be more like a learning learning game for for Cam Newton in the Patriots' offense. But, I, I mean, I don't know. I, obviously, anything can happen with Bill Belichick. But I, I feel like Seattle, at least based off week one, Seattle should win this game by, by I don't know, 10 to 14 points, I would guess.
0: No, I, I absolutely agree with that as well. I'm just more excited to see –
1: Right, to, you right. know, what,
0: what kind of a representation uh, this last week was of this Patriots team. But, well, I was thinking that we could go through here and maybe make our picks for each game. Um, you know, just just two we think is going to win. I mean, obviously, we already had the Thursday game. I think everybody was picking the Browns. Yeah, pretty though, much. You know, everyone was, you know... Everyone's excited to see what Joe Burrow can do, and I don't think anyone's. I think the everybody likes having the Browns as the basement dwellers of the of the league. It's just kind of funny. So I don't think anyone was cheering against this Bengals team. It was just, you know, the Browns have more weapons, right? But let's go ahead and let's start off with the Jaguars at the Titans. Who do you have?
1: I. Uh. I, I'm going to go Jacksonville in this game just purely on the fact that Gardner Minshew somehow does it again and Ryan Tannehill finds a way to choke. That, that's <laughs> what I'm going off of. You know,
0: I want to pick the Jaguars here, but I think I've got to go with the Titans. You know, they didn't really get their running game going as much as they they uh, probably would have liked this last week. I think this week in practice that's big focus. I think the Titans are going to win this game.
1: I mean that's a fair pick and it seems I mean Derrick Henry does tend to kill the Jaguars, but it seems like the Titans in order to go 9 and 7 for like the fifth year in a row, they just have to lose this game.
0: <laughs> that's a fair point.
1: Uh moving on, we've got the Panthers at the Buccaneers. Okay, I'm thinking I don't know. I I think Tom Brady, you know, kind of resets his mind after that first week. A little bit of miscommunication that first week. I think he resets his mind. I think they get going. Hopefully, Mike Evans plays more for them. Um, I know Chris Godwin's kind of doubtful, but I I mean, I'm just going to pick Tom Brady on this one. So yeah, no,
0: I'm going to agree with you there, and. I mean, I I believe uh, Chris Godwin's actually already been um, selected as out for this game, but I think Tom Brady, you know, a lot of people were talking about how, you know, oh, this last week proves he's a system quarterback and yada, yada, yada. I think he's going to come out. Their offense is going to be much more polished. and I mean, they're just – they've got too many offensive weapons – To not beat this Panthers team in my mind. Yeah, I agree. And it's, I mean, and I know that home teams don't have as much of an advantage as they have in the past because of no fans, but they are at home, so I'm going with the Buccaneers. Um, But next we've got the Broncos at the Steelers, and I'll tell you, I'm picking Steelers hands down in this game. I mean, that
1: Steelers defense is just. Way too good. Yeah, I'm picking Steelers, and I feel like if you need an explanation, uh, you just don't watch football enough. <laughs>
0: yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and so next we've got the Rams at the Eagles. Um, I'm going for the Rams because, I mean, they've they've got those offensive weapons, and frankly, the Eagles' offensive line, I just don't think they're going to be able to hold up to – I mean, Aaron Donald could have a field
1: day. I mean, it seems like he has a field day every week, but... I mean. Well, I mean, he... Like, the Cowboys have one of the best, you know, better offensive lines in the NFL and could barely contain them. I mean, Donald yeah. just freaking threw one of our linemen and then just threw Zeke just down on the ground like it was nothing. So, yeah, I mean, Aaron Donald might have, like, four sacks in this game. So, the Rams... And, I mean, I think Sean McVay, at least... Against the Cowboys, it looked like, you know, they are they looked a little bit more scripted. But I almost think with Jared Goff, like, you almost have to be a little bit more scripted than, than say, like, Aaron Rodgers, obviously. But uh, whatever Sean McVay is scripting up, obviously, is going to work. So, yeah, Rams. Yeah, I, I agree there. Um,
0: the next, we've got the 49ers at the Jets. Um, you know, 49ers 40. S- struggled that first week, but the Jets, in my opinion, are the worst team in the league. <laughs> the I mean, jets they, Stop. they are absolutely horrible. This 49ers defense is going to absolutely decimate them. Um, I believe George Kittle's out. That doesn't matter. The 49ers should handily win this game.
1: I mean, this might be another game where Jimmy G only throws like eight passes and they yeah. win like thirty to three yeah so. this this game should not be close, so um,
0: next we've got the bills at the dolphins, the bills, yeah,
1: just um, yeah
0: but <laughs> that, that's it <laughs> i I agree that this it's a good bills team and you know, Dolphins are still trying to put some of those pieces together for when Tua eventually takes over. Yep. Okay. Next, we have two teams that uh that definitely had some letdowns in Week One. We've
1: got the Vikings at the Colts. Yeah, this one's this one's kind of close. This is probably the. I would say between this game and the Cowboys and the Falcons are probably the two best 12 o'clock games. I guess you could say Rams and Eagles too, but uh, I'm I'm going to go with the Vikings just because, I mean, Philip Rivers and the new, you know, Colts system, I mean, he already tends to throw interceptions. You know, I, I don't know. I just, I trust the Vikings more in this one.
0: Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I think this is going to be a close game. Um, but I do have the Vikings winning this one. The only concern with the Vikings is, I mean, last year, last, last week, I mean, Rodgers just picked their secondary apart. I mean, they, you know, it's all young players in their secondary. And, you know, I I do think they'll be better this week. I mean, Mike Zimmer is an excellent defensive coach. You know, I think they're going to be better prepared for this week, and obviously Phillip Rivers is—he's not Aaron Rodgers, so—and I think if I think as long as they can get Kirk Cousins going early, they should be able to win this.
1: Yeah, I I do think I think the Vikings' offense is good enough to you know if if their defense is kind of leaking a little bit, I think their offense is good enough to to keep them in the game and win the game. So.
0: Yep. Next we've got the Lions at the Packers and um, you know I'm a Packers fan and I mean I think the Packers should win this one. We we have had some close games against Detroit the last couple of years, but you know, if if last week was any indication of our offense, we're gonna win this game
1: pretty handily. Yeah, I I'm just taking Aaron Rodgers. I mean Yeah. So Next, we've got the Falcons at the Cowboys. All right, I, I stayed in my claim for the Cowboys already, even though there's obviously a chance that we lose because we tend to choke. But nope, I, I I think I have the Cowboys in that game as well. Um,
0: we already talked about that a bit, so there's not much more to say. Yeah. Um,
1: this next one, the Giants at the Bears could be an interesting game. The battle of probably two quarterbacks who are going to be out of the league in the next five years. <laughs> yeah. Boy,
0: this is a tough one to pick in my, in my mind. Um, it's going to depend a lot on which Mitchell Trubisky shows up. Cause he's so inconsistent.
1: Oh boy. Um well, I'll you know I'll let I'll give you some uh, you know some some little driplets of of what I think here before you make your decision. Uh, I think the Bears defense it will be good enough to stop Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. I don't know who abducted him at the beginning of last season <laughs> and dropped in a fake Saquon Barkley, but he just looks god awful right now. Uh, so. I just think the Bears' defense can carry long enough for Mitchell Trubisky to make, like, three decent passes and for David Montgomery to run, like, three yards into the end zone, like, maybe once in this game so that they win. But I think it'll be low scoring, like, maybe, like, 13-7 to seven or something like that. I think I'm going to go with the Giants.
0: Um, you know, it. That, this is a good – Bears defense but the problem that the Bears defense has had is their offense has been so bad over the last couple years that they're on the field all game so it doesn't matter how good your defense is if they don't get long enough break I mean eventually and you can't say that I mean there's no way that Saquon has another performance like he did last week I mean he's just too talented of a running back. So, if they can wear down that Bears defense, I think I think the Giants are going to win this game. But I agree. I I think it's going to be a relatively low-scoring game. Bold pick, I mean, bold pick, but I like it. Next, we've got the Washington football team at the Cardinals. <laughs> I mean, as as big of a surprise that the Washington football was last week, I got to go with the Cardinals. I just think the Cardinals are, they're a good team.
1: Yeah, I think it was more of like a fluke for Washington uh, than anything else. So I'll agree. I think adding DeAndre Hopkins, you know, is going to help their offense. I mean, they already have Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk. So I think you know they're just going to continue to build on last week. It'll be big if they can start 2 and 0. Uh because I don't know the extra wild card spot the NFC West might pull every single wild card there's a chance.
0: That's that's true. Yeah, you know, I mean I just this Cardinals team has got too many offensive weapons so they're I think they'll pull this one out by a pretty decent margin, um, but next we've got the Chiefs at the Chargers, and you know the Chargers they won, but
1: they got lucky.
0: I, I think they're gonna get absolutely blown out by ch- the Chiefs. I mean, no oh, offense, yes. no offense to Tyrod Taylor, but <laughs> this—I think this Chiefs team is gonna ru- just throw
1: all over them. I wonder what the betting lines on the Chiefs going like 19-0 are. <laughs> I feel like it's got to be higher than normal.
0: <laughs> it's probably true. It's probably true. Um, and then next we've got the Ravens at the Texans.
1: Uh, the Texans just, they're not doing it for me this year. And they're playing the Ravens. That's just a, a, a double downer. So Ravens on that one just Ravens too good of a team, obviously. Yeah, I mean it's a tough they they have such a
0: hard schedule starting out the year against the Chiefs and the Ravens. so but I yeah the Ravens are they're gonna win this game. they're they're too good of a team not to. So uh, And then we've got the Patriots at the Seahawks. Uh, we talked about this one a little bit earlier. I I think the Seahawks are going to win this game.
1: Yeah, we both were saying the Seahawks by probably 10. Yeah. Yep.
0: And then on the Monday night game, we've got the Saints at the
1: Raiders. I'm going to make a bold pick and say Josh Jacobs carries the Raiders once again to victory against the Saints, who don't have Michael Thomas this week, I believe. Um, I think I saw that somewhere, uh, but uh, I don't know. I think the Raiders are gonna surprise some people in this game, and the Saints might be a little bit cocky after beating the uh, Tom Brady last week. So, ah, uh, yeah, this is a tough
0: one for me. Um, if Michael Thomas isn't gonna play, I mean, that's he's Drew Brees' favorite target by a long shot. So. I think I've almost got to agree with you that, I mean, this, I think this, and I do think this Raiders team is better this year uh, than a lot of people are going to give them credit for. So, I mean, Josh Jacobs is a great weapon to have on offense. So, um, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Henry Ruggs progresses throughout the season as well. He showed some couple flashes during that first week. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe he can be a real weapon for Derek Carr and add another yeah. dimension to this offense.
1: I think he'll he should get open at least like two to three times a game for for some deeper passes. I mean, he's pretty much like Tyreek Hill as far as play style. So,
0: yeah, and then we'll go ahead and let's. What do you think? What are your thoughts on this upcoming Thursday night game? Uh, we've got the Dolphins at the Jaguars.
1: Man, am I really going to say the Jaguars are going to start 3 that, 0? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I, I'm saying that is, that the Jaguars are starting 3 0, I guess. <laughs> that is what you're saying. And, I mean, <laughs>
0: I think the Jaguars do. I mean, it's hard to tell because, you know, going off one week, I mean, who knows how the Jaguars will look this week. But I do think that Minshew Mania is going to lead them over the Dolphins.
1: Yeah, I don't think they would lose. Yeah. I mean, they obviously, I think they, they could lose this week. But, I mean, I don't think they would lose against the Dolphins. But you never know. You never know yeah. with fits magic.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Depends on which version shows up. <laughs> yeah. But...
1: Uh, so you want to, uh, you know, I, I think we covered a good majority of of stuff there. Kind of recapping what happened, and then uh, moving on to our, our predictions for the week. And I guess the uh, the next biggest thing, I, at least in, in our minds, is the good old MLB. So that's
0: right, and you know, I'm I'm a Milwaukee Brewers fan, and Jonas is a Texas Rangers fan, and, you know, this season has been kind of a letdown for the both of us, but, you know, I'm sure I speak for both of us and that I'm just happy we got some baseball this year.
1: Um, yes, it was, uh, you know, I was expecting a little bit better. Certainly not as bad as what we are. It's been kind of depressing, but I agree with Mark. The first baseball game, watching that first sweet Texas Rangers game, Man, that was great.
0: Yeah, what I'm more interested to see is we've seen a lot of star players this year. I mean, obviously, being a Brewers fan, I can think of Christian Yelich, um, but there's been a lot of you know stars who have just not been able to get it started or get it going at all this year. So I'm more interested to see, and I, you know, granted, I don't think that surprises you know, a ton of people. I mean, it's hard to get going in a 60 game season because you got to think the pressure is even, even heavier on those types of players, just especially on someone like Yelich who just signed a new contract extension, biggest deal in Brewers history. Um, You know, the pressure's got to be huge. So I'm more interested to see how some of these players rebound next year. Um, And, you know, because, you know, some of these guys, you know, you can bring up, like, Eugenio Suarez, you know, had a big year last year for the Reds. Um, has just not been able to piece it together this year. I mean, was last year a fluke? I mean, I think next season's going to be real interesting because that'll be more telling of who some of these players really are.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I think it's a little bit deceiving because, at least to me, Since the season started, it feels like it's been really slow with everything going on outside of sports. Uh, So, you know, usually they're playing triple the amount of of games that they're playing. And, I mean, you're seeing some of these guys, like like Rafael Devers for the Red Sox. I mean, he kind of – he was pretty bad to start the year, but you're kind of seeing him pick it up. Uh, you know, around 45 games or so. And he's starting to hit some home runs, starting to bring up that average. And I, same thing with like Suarez and Yelich. You can kind of tell that they're trying to pick it back up here. But obviously with just the shortened games, it's really hard to tell. And it's going to make it deceiving for next year. Like Luke Void on the opposite end of that spectrum. <laughs> I mean, he's been cranking. But last year, he was cranking for the first half of the season, and then he just fell off after the All-Star break. And honestly, I think you would see the same thing with with some of these guys who just are able to play really well for the first half of the season, and they just can't keep it up. And it's just going to be deceiving for next year. Uh, but like I said, it just felt like – it just felt s- – it has felt like a full season of games, even though it hasn't been anywhere near a full season of games. It's kind of weird.
0: right. nope I I agree with that it's It's kind of hard to believe that you know it's it's only been close to 60 games at this point. Um, and you know, coming up here at the end of the season, I mean we've got some you know it's not as tight in the A l. Um, for the wild card race because they did expand the playoffs. But in the NL, it's it's a pretty close race to see who's going to get those final spots. And especially in a division like the NL Central, where that number two spot is still completely up for grabs. Um, I mean, you've got Cincinnati and St. Louis, uh, who are both at 500. Now, part of it is St. Louis, because they had their um, – they had to miss so many games because of their COVID-19 outbreak. Um, There's still a couple games behind and five of the games they have to play this next week are against the Brewers. So, and the Brewers also have an upcoming series against Cincinnati. So who knows how the central is going to finish out? I mean, that, it could be any of those teams aside from the pirates, the pirates are their typical cells, but, I mean, you also have teams. I mean, I've been seeing things, you know, San Francisco right now, they're right there. Um, You know, maybe they can start back up there every other year.
1: (laughs) Oh, geez. I don't like anybody wants that.
0: Type of champion success. I mean, you know, who knows? I mean, they've kind of got one of those kind of strange. I mean, they've had some breakouts this year. I mean, Mike Yastrzemski's had a a real nice year for him, so yeah,
1: they they've had some some surprise. To me, it's more disappointing that Colorado couldn't keep up what they you know, did at the beginning of the year. Because I would, I just want to see like Charlie Blackman, Trevor Story, and Arenado in the playoffs for once.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, those are. They've got, they've got some offensive stars there, but they just can't seem to pull it together. And then you've also got Washington, you know, the defending champions who are unfortunately not going to make the postseason this year. Uh,
1: you know, right I mean, now they're
0: currently at 19 and 30. So.
1: I mean, you know, they were lucky that they got one – fully healthy season from Strasbourg because look what it did for him but obviously I mean it, just relying solely on Max Scherzer who just keeps getting older I mean I don't see them I, I really don't see them being competitive again until they do like a rebuild yeah I mean and they lost
0: some talent um, you know over this last year and obviously you know like Howie Kendrick, he's going to be retiring here pretty soon. I wouldn't be shocked if he retired this offseason. I mean, they've kind of got a lot of players that, you know, have been with them for a long time that are kind of coming close to retirement age. and They're going to have to make some decisions here. I mean, they're going to have some pretty solid pitching, you know. They've still got Scherzer, and they've got Strasburg, and they've got Patrick Corbin if – you know he can stay consistent but from there i mean this this is a team i mean they have they have Juan Soto who is one of the young stars of the game i mean yeah it's hard to believe how good of a player he is you know they've they've had some other players come up through their minor league system but this is a team that i agree is probably going to have to go through somewhat of a rebuild. I don't think it'll be as long, especially since they already have some of the pitching in place. Um, And usually that's the hardest thing is to find, you know, you really need to find that ace. And then after that, you know, if you can get your, if you can get three consistent pitchers in your rotation, you're starting to look a lot better. They've already got that there. So it's just filling out the rest of that roster and they really need to improve that bullpen too, but maybe, maybe they're able to do something in free agency.
1: Yeah. And one thing I just want to go, go back to, you had mentioned the Cardinals, you know, the Cardinals obviously had that outbreak, uh, like the Cardinals and the Marlins, the the two teams that had to miss the most games, I was kind of curious just as to what, uh, you know i don't know how much that the seven inning double headers are going to make a difference on but just looking at, back at their their the, the last few double headers that they've had so and they're they're all seven innings instead of nine innings right so 4-2 they win 4-2 against the cubs 5-1 against the cubs they lose 7-3 against the twins but then they win 6-4 against the twins the Tigers they lose six three and then they blew them out the other game. They lose two to one against the Brewers, but they then beat you guys three to two. Then they beat you four to two, and then lose six to zero. Then the Pirates they win six five win seven two, so that's the last bit of from September. That's been their double headers, and they've won more of those, and they've lost, I think, at least just from recollection and looking at it. I wonder how many of those close games would have been changed if they were still nine innings.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something to think of, too. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to know because, obviously, we've never seen anything like this in any professional sports season. So, um, I mean that's that's just something that you know you've got to ponder about because I mean I was thinking about that the other day because you know Brewers have to you know play so many I mean we we have to play ten games against the Cardinals in two weeks while also playing our other series so
1: because uh. I mean you guys played you guys played four double headers uh, against them. And you won, you won one of those that was close, two to one, and then you won six to zero. So I mean, I'm assuming they probably wouldn't be able to catch up from six to zero. But the two that they won were three two and four two. So I think those three could. I mean, they could have swung well in any direction.
0: And part of this too is. You know they've got so now in extra innings. You know you start with a base runner on second. So in a seven inning game, you know I've you know, a couple of these games have gone to what's extra innings in the eighth inning. So I mean that's how we, we lost one of them is, um, you know, which I mean I'm a little there's thing I do I mean this rule definitely does make it interesting. Um, My issue with it more so is, and I believe Trevor Bauer brought this up earlier in the year, or it might have been Mike Clubbinger. I think it was Mike Clubbinger after the Indians lost um, an extra innings, was that you can win a ball game by scoring that runner from second without getting a hit in that inning.
1: So, Yeah, I've been I've been thinking about that. I, I think personally, if there is, if they keep this rule, that whoever's pitching, if that run scores, it should be like an uh, an unearned run, and the pitcher shouldn't be tagged with a loss.
0: That's interesting. Um, I haven't thought about that.
1: Um, I don't, yeah, I, don't, I was thinking about that like a couple weeks ago, just to myself.
0: So I my thought on it has been, is, you know, next year we go back to nine inning games. Um, for this extra run rule and extra innings, would you still want to have that implemented at the 10th inning? Or would you maybe, because my thought has been, you know, because the majority of extra innings games don't go to like eighteen innings, and I know that's what that's what some of the idea was behind. Is Manfred doesn't like these long games, and you know, watching an eighteen inning game is a, and that's a lot of baseball. I love baseball, but that's a long night.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, my thought is maybe implement it a little bit later. So maybe instead of implementing in the tenth inning, you implement it after the twelfth or something like that, you know. Still giving it a chance to let the game progress naturally, but, you know, at that point in the ball game, you're starting to get to the point where it starts to affect teams longer than just this game, because if they have to go that deep into their bullpen, you know, that affects them more in the upcoming week, and depending on how, you know, how deep they are in their bullpen, they might not be able to shuffle some of those guys as much as some teams do, so... What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I guess I would agree if they were going to keep it to, I I guess, push it back. I I would more so, before I really make a decision on it, would rather see, like, the analytics of, like, because you have, like, the whole thing of, like, uh, I I forget where I saw this stat at, but it was, like, if somebody has a runner at, like, third with one out – they tend to score, like, so if you, like, sack bun them over and then sack fly them. so you're giving up, you're basically going all in for the one run versus do you just bat normally? You don't try to sacrifice, and you try to make, you know, get more runs than that, and I want to say, like, for just getting the one run, you're more successful for doing the sacrifice, but if you want to get more than one run, you just play normally as far as having just somebody at at second base with zero outs. So I kind of just would want to see more, like, numbers as far as that. And as far as, like, has the home team been winning more or the away team been winning more with this rule? Because, I mean, obviously you – as the away team, you're getting – the first chance to score with this. And then you can choose to bring in your closer if you score the run versus the other, the home team. Do you put in your closer, not knowing if you're going to score the run or do you put in like your, your eighth inning guy in that situation, you know?
0: Yeah, that's, that's interesting. And I, I think most teams would put in the closer, um, if if these you know rested, just because you want to prevent that run, if you can, this actually did happen with the Brewers um, this last week with St. Louis. They were they were the home team, and St. Louis scored that that um, that first run, and then Milwaukee that next inning they weren't trying to they didn't try to sack do a sack bunt or anything. They played it straight and they ended up scoring two runs and walking it off. So I I do think that's interesting, though, because there's definitely a change in philosophy, depending on if you're the away or the home team, because as the away team, I mean, obviously you want to get that run, but you know that they're going to have the same opportunity. So you've really got a way. Do you want to go for just the one or – do you want to try to actually have a big inning? Because if you get two runs, you're looking a lot better. But just run one run when you know the other team is going to have zero outs with a runner on second, I'm not feeling too comfortable there. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah be- because if you sell out for the one run and say the you're playing, I, I guess the Yankees just because they hit the most home runs, you're playing the Yankees and they get the last at bat, all it takes is uh, one swing from Giancarlo Stanton, and the game's over, so it's it's definitely, and I guess that's like another argument that's been for this rule, is just there is strategy that goes into it, but I don't know I'm kind of a little bit old school as far as that as far as baseball goes, I guess, but
0: I agree. So, I'm pretty sure I know already know the answer to your yeah, this question um, because you cheer for an AL team, but you know, there's been the implementation of the DH for the National League. What are your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, I mean, you guessed it. It's it is better for baseball. I this is like the one rule change I guess that I've been pushing for for like pretty much ever since Jimmy Nelson got hurt for you guys, like, three years ago, uh, I've just been like, what's even the point of having pitchers bat? Like, yeah, you have, like, Bum Garner and I don't know, I guess Adam Wainwright can hit a home run every once in a while. Well, and you, but... get, to,
0: you get to see moments like Brandon Woodruff hummering off of Clayton Kershaw in the playoffs, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, I, it makes for special moments like that, but... To me, it's more entertaining over the length of the season and the playoffs to have actually have like your nine best hitters, not your ace, eight, eighth, you know, eight best hitters, and uh, maybe a special moment. You know, I, I don't know that that's my philosophy. Just because, I mean, I'm trying to think of like some of these NL teams. I mean, you're you're gonna have like like do you play Eric Hosmer if you're going uh you know every day for the San Diego like i mean i don't i don't think they were really playing them every day before this season but now they can just play them every day yeah that's true i
0: mean i'll i'll tell you where i'm at you know i've grown up watching the national league my whole life and you know, i would say before this season for the most part i've i would have always said you know I, I like the fact that pitchers hit, um, but after the season and after watching it, and you know dealing with things like Jimmy Nelson going down, obviously, um, I think now I am pro DH in the NA, in the NL going forward. Um, you know, you also got to think like, you know, starters now might be given a longer leech because you know you would see teams, you know, if the game was close you know, the sixth or seventh inning, depending on what the pitch count is, they would pull their starter um, to try to get a pitch hitter to get the inning going. And, you know, it also does – I mean, I don't remember what the number is, but hitters hit below 200, obviously. I mean, they're not – the overwhelming number of pitchers is is not a good – it's not good hitting. It's relatively ugly.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's
0: so, – I do think it's actually probably at this point better going forward, because again, then you prevent freak accidents from happening to pitchers on the base bats because that's not something that they spend as much time doing. So, I think I I actually think that's been one of the few good rule changes, and I would like to see it continue going forward.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess uh, my next question for you is uh, who do you think is going to win the World Series? <laughs> I, think, I think it's going to be the Dodgers. Ooh, the Dodgers. Oh, God, you're killing me with that answer.
0: I, I do not like the Dodgers, but that's, that is just a good team. <laughs> I mean, their pitching's good. I mean, Clayton Kershaw's pitching great this year. I mean, they
1: added Mookie Betts. I mean, it's a Postseason Clayton Kershaw, man.
0: I I understand. And I know that everybody seems to pick the Dodgers every year. And the Dodgers seem to do really well in the regular season and then they find a way to choke. But I think in this shortened season – I think the Dodgers.
1: Who do, you, who do you have? Well, didn't you pick the Dodgers last year, too?
0: Um, I honestly don't remember. I probably did, though. <laughs> <laughs> their I team mean, is their, the thing is, their team just always looks so good on paper. I mean, they spend a ton of money. They get big-name guys. They keep their big-name guys. Dave Roberts is a good manager. So, I think,
1: you, I, I think I'm going to go with uh, Slam Diego here. Ooh, and uh, yeah. I know a little bit riskier of a pick, not really any playoff experience. But I feel like with eight playoff teams, I mean, right now they're the number two. I guess they'd be the number two seed, right? So, they're going to be playing – a team that normally wouldn't even be in the playoffs. So I, I think being able to do that in the first round play, you know, obviously I think it, it's going to be like Milwaukee or Cincinnati or maybe the Miami or Philadelphia that they'd be playing in the first round at this point. But I don't know. I think they're better than all those teams. And I don't know. I think, I just don't trust in the Dodgers. I think they're the easy pick. I think the Yankees are kind of an easy pick, although they haven't been as strong. You're certainly right, the Dodgers being good on paper. But I don't don't know if if the Dodgers, you know, say the Dodgers have to play Milwaukee. There's no reason to say that Milwaukee couldn't sneak three games past them in that first round. So I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm going with the hot hand here in San Diego, so. My my
0: one concern with San Diego is
1: their pitching,
0: because and and their pitching's been better, but I mean, they got Clevenger. I, I know they have Clevenger, but they've been a little inconsistent with some of their pitching. Now, granted, it hasn't mattered as much because they have a great offense. I mean, that is just they they've been getting it done. So, I mean. That's my only thing. I think the Dodgers are stronger when it comes to overall, but yeah, that that San Diego team could make a lot of noise, too. I, I wouldn't be sleeping on them.
1: Okay, well, well, who do you have from the AL? Because I guess, obviously, we both just chose our NL you know, winners, but who, who do you have coming out of this, this AL side? <laughs>
0: I am going to go with a very bold prediction here. And I'm gonna go with the White Sox. Oh God. So I mean the White Sox have been a good team this year. I mean I know they get to play some crappy teams like the Royals and Detroit, but I mean when they're when they're when they're all like, kind of playing together. I mean, you've got Tim Anderson, who's always getting on base. Jose Abreu has just been phenomenal this season. I mean, they've got a lot of young talent. And their pitching staff has really taken the next step forward this year. And, you know, that you've got to think, too, like, they've got Yasmani Grandal, who hasn't quite played up to the offensive standards. He's been hitting better lately. But they can get him going fully, too. I mean, that's that's a good team.
1: I agree. I agree. Yeah. It's a good team. It's a good team. It's not a bad pick. It's pretty much like me picking San Diego from the NL. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm going to make a risky pick. This team is probably – not probably. They are the most hated team in baseball right now. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm going to say – Houston, even with their lackluster season so far, they don't even have a winning record right now. But guess what? They're the number two seed in the AL West. Jose Altuve just came back. I know he's sucking it up this season. I just think they somehow find a way. And actually, remarkably, they are still 18 and eight at home. And they're not even banging on a trash can this year. <laughs> So I don't know. I just I think they're gonna find a way to redeem themselves. And I just don't want to pick the Yankees. Uh that that so so yeah, I, I'm gonna go with the Astros, but they're gonna lose like four one against San Diego.
0: Okay. I mean I feel like the loss of Garrett Cole for them is pretty detrimental to their their playoff success. I know they've still got a pretty good team there, but oh boy, <laughs> I know. Risky. I, just, I, I, I don't think I can pick them out of good faith <laughs> after after the uh, all the stuff that came out this off season either. So, well, well, you know, we talked quite a bit about baseball. Um, want to touch on the NBA and the NHL real
1: quick? Yeah, we can touch on the uh, the NBA real fast. I mean, obviously, I'm a Bulls fan, um, so I
0: have not cared a whole lot about this NBA restart. <laughs> I've, I'm cheering for the heat though, and the heat have been as hot as anybody so far. I mean, I know they're coming out of the Eastern Conference, which is definitely weaker, but I didn't expect them to beat Milwaukee
1: um, like they did. Yeah, I mean, I had them beating Milwaukee, but I thought it would go like seven games. Yeah. I I mean, they they did just like obliterate them. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I am – I guess I'm technically – will affiliate myself with the spurs uh but i also cheer for the mavericks and i also cheer for uh whatever team Kawhi leonard is on because <laughs> he used to play for the spurs i know a bunch of spurs fans hate Kawhi leonard but uh you know i'll cheer for him i also like the raptors just going back to the chris Bosch days so but uh but yeah this has been a weird... I mean, Phoenix going 8-0 and a, eight and oh in the bubble, not even making the playoffs. I mean, that was a wild story just to start. And then, obviously, I guess the most surprising thing that has happened is the, uh, the Clippers being eliminated by the Denver Nuggets. Well, did, did you watch very much of that series?
0: I didn't watch a ton of it. Um, I, I would usually tune in, in the at the end of the game just to see if anything would happen but i didn't i didn't follow it too closely
1: yeah i mean i pretty much basically my whole strategy for the nba has just been i'll turn on the fourth quarter cuz usually the first three quarters mean absolutely nothing so yeah but i mean after game i mean they got up 3-1 and i was thinking okay Denver wins another game, and then the Clippers win game six, and we get the Clippers versus the Lakers, which is what everyone wanted to watch. And uh, I don't know. I guess Denver just has to get down three to one in order to win a series. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't know well they've got they've got a they've got a tough test up right now um, playing the Lakers, so. I mean, I, I, this Lakers team, I mean, they're going to be tough to beat. they got a lot of veteran talent. I mean, you know, Anthony Davis is getting it done for L.A. right now. You know, I, I was looking, and he, he had a better game than LeBron, but, I mean, you can't sleep on playoff LeBron either. I mean, I'm not a huge LeBron fan personally, but got to respect what the guy can do as a basketball player when he needs to do it, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, actually, I, I think Anthony Davis has been better in the playoffs than LeBron has been, but, I mean, obviously, you still need LeBron in order to get where they're at, so, yeah, you can't really discredit LeBron, but I, I don't know if he's, like, I don't, I don't know if he's better than Anthony Davis at this point, at least, for looking at just purely the stats. I don't, I don't I know what think, you think about that. Well, I
0: think they're playing better as a team, and so they don't nec- they're don't they not necessarily running their offense 100% through LeBron. Um, you know, LeBron has got – you know, Anthony Davis is a huge weapon. So I think that's been part of it is this team hasn't been forced to lean on LeBron as much because I, I think – I think LeBron can and will step it up when a team is, you know, leaning on him. That's what he had to do in Cleveland. Um, right. You know, that team just – it wasn't the Heat. You know, that was part of the reason the Heat were so successful during those years is, you know, you had Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. I mean, the big three, that's kind of, you know, were that – that really became a huge deal is, you know, LeBron could still take over a game, but you also had those accompanying pieces that could step up when needed and could draw some of that attention away from LeBron. And I think that's part of what Anthony Davis has been really good about this year is, you know, he's, he's been able to force them to play a more balanced attack. So, cause teams are still going to guard LeBron you know they're gonna they're gonna focus up on him you know more probably. Right. But, you know you can kind of switch between the two because if a team chooses to cover cover LeBron more because you you can't choose to just cover both of them you're not going to be able to play defense at all if you choose you know you can kind of focus in on one player. So if they choose LeBron, AD steps up, and if they choose AD, LeBron steps up, and I think you'd rather fo- try to force AD to step up than force LeBron to
1: step up. Yeah, just I, I I would agree, and I think I actually think the Lakers got better uh, after going into the bubble because like Avery Bradley out, opted out, and then I think somebody else opted out, but I forget who it was. Um, but then they ended up getting like Deion Waiters, J.R. Smith, uh, and then Rondo came back from in uh, injury, so. I actually think – I don't know why everyone was so high on Avery Bradley because personally I think he's kind of a just – I don't know. I just don't think he's very good. Um, But, yeah, like you said, like just looking at the stats, LeBron played 31 minutes and had 15 – only 15 points, uh, but 12 assists to go with that. Anthony Davis played 33 minutes, had 37 points, 10 rebounds. So – at least looking at the stats, I, I wasn't able to watch the game, but it was a blowout. Anthony Davis looks like he can step up whenever the moment calls for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I, I guess, you know, to move things along a little bit, what's your finals prediction?
1: Um, I don't know. I, I originally picked the Clippers – Uh. To kind of, you know, narrowly beat the Lakers. And then I actually picked Toronto. And Toronto was close to beating Boston. But uh, I guess now, I don't know. I don't see any way the Nuggets could possibly win the series. Like, if they get down 3-1 again, is there really any way that they could come back 3-1 again? And this time against LeBron? So, I don't know. I think the Lakers just are rested they haven't had to play more than five games in the first two series so i I think they easily get past the nuggets and i guess i was cheering for boston but i guess miami is going to win they've won two close ones and I, i don't know i guess jimmy butler's experience is really just doing them favors so i guess i would have the lakers versus miami and then uh I don't know. It's gonna be a barn burner. I'm cheering for Miami, but I think the Lakers are gonna win. I I don't I don't know. I just think they have the best. I mean, you have LeBron and AD. I don't know. I, I just think it's it's inevitable that they win. Especially kind of the whole like theme, you know, like Kobe, you know, his his death, and then all the you know celebration for him. I don't know. I just you can say the NBA is rigged or whatever, but. <laughs> How many games do you have? So, I, I'll say they, they win 4-1 against the Nuggets. And then Miami probably wins like 4-2, maybe 4-1. And then I, I'll i say 4-2, the Lakers beat Miami.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on that one. I I'm cheering for Miami. I love Jimmy Butler. And I think they make it, but... I, I just don't think they're, you know, Jimmy. But the thing is, if they, you know they make it to the finals, Lakers are going to do whatever they can to stop Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler's a great player. But I mean, it's it's going to be hard. I think that this, I mean, this Heat team's a scrappy team, so I, I do agree. I think they take
1: two games, but I just I think Lakers four two. And I don't know, like like you said, like if they stop Jimmy Butler, are you know can can Drogic uh, and that Tyler Hero and like Bam out of bio? Can those like three guys step up? Drogic has been playing pretty well in the playoffs so far, so I, I think he could definitely kind of at least fill in for some points. But, like, if they hold Jimmy Butler to, like, 15 points, I I just don't know if there's enough offensive firepower to keep up with with the Lakers. Yeah,
0: I agree. And now, granted, I mean, you also have to think, Jimmy Butler is a great defender. Um, You know, that's something that you can't take for granted nowadays, having a good offensive player that also plays great defense. So you got to think that he's going to be matched up with LeBron. Um, You know, LeBron's going to have a little bit of a height to finish there. But, I mean, in Jimmy's time with the Bulls, they'd commonly play him there. And Jimmy's got some good size to him, too.
1: Would you say that that Jimmy Butler has done as good of a job guarding LeBron as, like, Kawhi Leonard has in the past? mm. (sighs) You know, it's hard for me to say
0: because – it's been a little while you know Jimmy's hasn't been with the Bulls last couple of years so and the Bulls haven't frankly had to worry about playing LeBron in the playoffs uh, for a while because the Bulls are just awful um, I don't know I mean Jimmy's done a good job Jimmy's always been no matter what his matchup is he's always done good. I mean he's he's gonna do as well as he can against against LeBron. I mean LeBron's still you're not gonna be able to completely shut him down.
1: But right. And, they're gonna, it, the Nuggets and the the Heat, or I guess Boston could still make it. You're gonna have to guard LeBron and A D because if you choose to double team them. I, I mean like the Clippers against the Nuggets, they were double teaming they, for some reason, they chose to double-team like Jamal Murray the first couple of games, uh, and then Jamal uh, Jokic was killing them. And then they were like, oh, I guess we'll just double-team Jokic. And then he was just passing the ball to whoever was wide open. So at least based off the Clippers, very poor last three games against the Nuggets, I don't think there's any way you can just double-team either LeBron or AD, and expect to win. You're just going to have to find a way to to guard them effectively with one player and give them – I don't know, I guess give, them, give AD open threes, I guess. I mean, I, that's probably the weakest part of his offensive game. Yeah.
0: No, I agree. I mean, it's going to be – you're going to have to contest everything. I mean, just no open shots because because they they will kill I mean ad and I mean I like like I said like you said I mean let ad you probably have to let him shoot the three play it conservatively just guard that guard that rim but he can't be given LeBron open shots um, yeah I mean they're not gonna I think they know you can't double it's just I'm more concerned. With the Heat playing the Lakers, guarding Anthony Davis, than I am LeBron. I, I think I think Jimmy's going to do well enough for guarding LeBron. It's going to be whether they can keep Davis in check.
1: Yeah. And I just
0: don't think they. I don't think they can.
1: Yeah. there's one other question that I want to ask you about the NBA, and it's just because. I love to hate Russell Westbrook, but uh, do you think Russell Westbrook stays on the Rockets, and do you think he's actually even any good?
0: Oh, that's tough. (laughs) (laughs) Russell Westbrook. Look, in his whole career, he's kind of been – that's not original for me to call him a stat pattern, but that's kind of what he's been. Like, he puts up good numbers on a sheet, but he's not exactly as great of a team player. So I'll say he's overrated. I agree. I'm not going to say he's a bad player. He needs to be the focal point that offense. Like that that's just how it's gotta be. And I I don't I don't know if I don't know if he leaves the Rockets. I think he should. I think it'd be better for both parties. But I don't know if it happens. Because I just think having Westbrook and Harden. I mean you, you keep Harden out of those two. But yeah, that's, that's tough
1: Yeah, I I just wanted to establish that I would also go with James Harden James Harden and Chris Paul were a better Combo, James Harden by Himself is better For the Rockets than having both of them There, and I just want to Establish at least myself as hating Russell Westbrook, he's complete <laughs> Trash, get him off my team Get him out of the NBA, I don't care, I never Want to see him again <laughs> Good to know that is Jonas's view on Westbrook. That's my hot take on Russell Westbrook. All right. Now we're going to move into our shortest segment of the day, the NHL. Oh, baby, the NHL. Man, can I just say, I just want to, you know, by now you should expect me to be a Stars fan, um, you know, because obviously I like the Cowboys, the Spurs, the Rangers. So, I mean, it just makes sense to be a, uh, a Stars fan. But, uh, Hey, we're in the world or not the world series. The, uh, we're in the Stanley cup first time in 20 years. Uh, you know, we won back in 1999. We got there again in 2000, but lost. And, uh, you know, it feels good to have Dallas sports team and, uh, (laughs) you know, having the chance to win it all. And, uh, you know, it's it's the team I watch the least. It's the team I care about the least. But <laughs> uh, you know, at this point, I'll take it, and I'm just hoping that we can win. So. Yeah, I
0: mean, you know, black my Blackhawks have, you know, they they struggled. They get they got into salary cap issues after, you know, signing some of their core guys, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, but. You know, it was good to see the team, you know, they played well going into the playoffs and, you know, they just got outmatched by a very good Golden Knights team. Um, so I was a little disappointed there, but it was, it was good to see some of the nice young pieces. Uh, you know, there's still some hope with the Chicago team. I mean, granted, you know, Taves and Kane, they're on the, they're out of their prime. They're still great players, but they are not what they used to be. So, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cheer for the Stars. Um, you know, you. Dallas hasn't had much to cheer about for a while. So, you know, I'll let you have this one. So,
1: go Stars. Oh, thank you. And I'll say, I did not expect to beat uh, Vegas either. In the fact that we won 4-1, granted like three of those games were in overtime, but uh, the fact that we won 4-1, that, that was uh, – I was, I was a little bit surprised. And then I guess the other major storyline is from the other side of the bracket is Tampa Bay after getting absolutely embarrassed uh, in the first round last year. They, they found a way to be resilient, make their way back, you know, have a good season this year. Get to the Stanley Cup. So it's kind of a a tale of two stories, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, it it should be a fun series to watch. That's for sure. So, um, and I'd just like to be very clear we are never going to talk
1: about the MLS. So, yes. And (laughs) there's one other thing I want to say is. Uh, the WNBA those playoffs are going on right now. they decided to make them single elimination yet no one cares and no one cares I'm not even talking about the WNBA right now so we'll just move past that act like that never happened. There's another one of Jonas's strong opinions but I think that pretty much, uh... We're Hold on, something. Mark. Hold on, Mark. Oh, oh, oh. There's there's one more thing I just want to mention. Um, and, and these these don't happen very often, but but tennis. I, I just want to mm-hmm. briefly mention uh, mention this. I love tennis, and I, I don't know. I, I think it's a worthwhile sport to watch. You know, some some people might like to make fun of it. Maybe say it's boring. Maybe say you don't have to be that athletic to play. But hey. It's fun. I got to say that. That's all, that's all I want to say. I know the French Open's coming up this week, a hard turnaround from the U.S. Open. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Djokovic get back in there after being ejected, uh, surprisingly. And hopefully we get in Djokovic versus Nadal final, throwing it back to the olden days after it seems like years of uh, no tennis. I just, just wanted to briefly mention that as well.
0: All right. Well,
1: I don't have anything else if you don't, Jonas. No. No, I, I don't have much or anything else to say.
0: All right. Well, this has been the – Oh wait!
1: How about then, Cowboys? I just want to get that in there.
0: All right. Well.
1: I don't know if you want to get a Go Pack Go in there or something.
0: You know, I don't feel the need to do a Go Pack Go.
1: That's right. You're already just expecting to win this week, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about this week. <laughs> so
0: this has been the first episode of the MJ Sports Podcast. You know, it's a work in progress. Uh, we're kind of just going with the flow, and hopefully we'll improve over time. So if you're listening, thanks for listening.
1: Amen to that. Amen to that. Yep, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye. See ya. <laughs>